0: Night Talk, giving you depth and texture to the conversations that matter. Monday to Thursdays, 10 p.m. Vuyo, good evening. Thank you so much for your time this evening. Really, really do appreciate it. Welcome to Night Talk. Uh,
1: good evening, good evening, Oliver. Hopefully, uh, hope you're a good evening. Good evening.
0: Yeah, we're going to start at the most rudimentary level of this conversation, right? A new uh, community safety and policing structure has been appointed in Gauteng um, under the auspices of the Premier. It is not to replace SAPS, but rather to augment uh, the work of community safety and policing. Can you talk to us about what the uh, statutory mandate of this structure is and what its limitations are before we get into the other detail around it?
1: No, no, thank you very much, Oliver. I, I think it will be under uh, you know, the Criminal Procedure Act uh, where they can be able to assist in terms of the arrest or anyone who gets uh, suspe- uh, suspected to have done wrong sure. in the committee, They can obviously uh, do that particular work to make sure that they actually um, uh, brought to book, uh, basically. And generally the safekeeping uh, of that, it is under the... Department of uh, Community Safety in Gauteng. Um, Of course, they will be under currently the mentorship uh, of the experienced uh, community police uh, that are already there. And of the way that Gauteng has functioned in the past few years uh, since General Mola was there is that uh, almost all security personnel, including those in the private sector, they work together under his leadership.
0: Yeah. Let's get into, and I mean, this seems like a a silly question. But it, it, it matters. What's the appropriate nomenclature for the structure? Is it a crime-fighting wardens? Is it a policing structure? Is it a community safety structure? What are we calling the structure? What's the official name uh, that you guys well, are recording in the books?
1: Well, they're the police wardens. Uh, police in, wardens. Uh, yes, in the statutory book, they'll be written as uh, peace uh, police, uh, you know, those uh, who uh, are to be They call it the peace. I just need to get the correct word now, 11, so that I don't Sure. up. But currently, in terms of how they are registered, they are police workers.
0: Yeah. Yes. Do they have a central demand center? Uh, it's under the auspices, as you just now said, of the MEC of Community Safety. Uh, but the MEC is not a police commissioner, right? So the MEC does not make day-to-day operational calls yeah. uh, and decisions. Uh, what's 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 the highest-ranking technical leadership structure for 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 these police wardens?
1: No, you'll remember, Olive. There are already um, provincial police um, right. that obviously uh, do that, so they're in, in that part of the where they ca- they are actually currently, currently um, getting their their directives uh, structurally. But as I've said, but if you look at their way how things are structured, is that therefore the Police commissioner uh, in the province normally runs the operation and the deployment of some of them. That will be inclusive of the metro whenever that they need to work basically together. Right. But structurally, they are under the com- uh, community safety under that particular leadership.
0: So just just to get this clear, will they be able to take instruction from the provincial commis- uh, police commissioner?
1: Yeah, as I said, uh, like they are currently. Even if you go to the metro and join us back. Uh, they are able to be directed by the uh, police commissioner general Mawena, or if you go to a Kuralini, when we've been running a campaign called okay Mulao, okay. uh, Through those particular campaigns, China uh, Metro, uh, depending when is that particular campaign, the city comes. So the person who actually overall or oversees the broader integrated uh, crime strategy becomes the general. That is also inclusive sometimes of the private sector. I know that the tracker has joined, mm. the military has joined. So all that security cluster, what we have said that instead of us working in silos, let's work in an integrated way so that we maximize the human resource that we do have, inclusive of mm. other resources like vehicles, helicopters and all that. That worked very beautifully during, if you remember, which July the unrest. You uh, had uh, the fertility guys. We are using the, you know, the helicopters to assess the state in housing, and they were being directed by the police whenever there was a pressure that coordinated work basically happens. But where do they get the salary in the case of these ones? They get it from the provincial government under the committee system. Yeah,
0: uh, speaking to that, how much will it cost the fiscus?
1: Well, currently, the outside them, them as uh, the people, so it will be inclusive of. The helicopters, the cars that we've bought, uh, the drones, um, we are just uh, above 400 uh, 400 M, uh, because you know that we've bought about 200 high-powered vehicles. We have employed about 6,000 of them. We currently have acquired about two helicopters. We are actually uh, in the process of linking up CCTV cameras, both in the private sector and those that belong uh, to the state. And we are finalizing to develop an app, uh, a panic app, that will be able to, whenever someone feels in distress, is able to press that app. Yeah. So these wardens will possibly be the first point of call because they will be planted in our communities. Yeah, four hundred million.
0: Does that include all the the stuff you just mentioned? Now the setup costs, buying brand new equipment, getting them settled in. Uh, so that 400 million is inclusive of operational cost, setup cost as well as the salary bill.
1: Yeah, it will be inclusive of the setup cost and all that inclusive of their training I mean you can imagine okay. uh, for them where, wherever they were located, uh, obviously desire to pay. Uh, their food uh, cost uh, around that, inclusive of their uniform and all that. Mm. This is a set-up cost for that uh, to basically move in. Mm. Uh, it will have ranges uh, around that. But that detail cost, as we move along, I, I suspect the guys in finance will be able to give us uh, much more care about the preliminary calculation currently works around that.
0: Is it expected to be less next year because you're not buying brand new material every year? You're not going to set up new helicopters and command centers every year. You're not buying new radios every year. I'm assuming that the line item figure will be less next year. Uh, what is the? Can you give me a projection of the medium term?
1: No, no. Um, I, I think I just have to double check it for you because what we have uh, requested now uh, coming. Um to before then obviously the premier needed to get an appreciation what we are looking at uh, i know that uh, the the mc of finance will have issued uh, basically the budget to say what are we looking at here and now we're basically looking at their salaries and and all that and what has been basically projected so when you would project it was not uh, only on their salaries it will obviously the upkeep of either the vehicles and whatever that means, basically mm. with that. So I might not necessarily now on top of my head uh, give you a particular figure because I will not want to mislead you or your listeners.
0: Mm. Okay, but you can confirm it will be less.
1: Yeah, I mean, like theoretically yeah. because you're not going to buy additional vehicles, you're not going to. you are still going to acquire more helicopters because you still need more. Uh, if you read. The State of the province Trust, the Premier, did speak about um, six helicopters that must be located in each and every, uh, you know, uh, region and county so that there's actually a speed of response. uh, Because a lot of CIT, basically, uh, if there's a complaint, is a complaint of the response of the police to the crime scene. Uh, You can see the crime happening if you're using the countries uh, through Sandral but the response of the police to arrive at the scene mm. becomes to actually to, um, quite slow, and then actually people are able to move with the loot and we lose lives
0: uh, in the
1: process, and that affects directly the economy. Mm. So the idea is, so what I'm basically in my response is that on some aspects, you'll have an increase because there'll be an increase on uh, on that product demand, but in terms of the training cost obviously it will have been reduced. In terms of the vacuum, it will
0: obviously be um, uh, reduced. Yeah. Give us a call if you have a question for Vuyo. 86 0002032 I'm taking a voice note on zero six one four one zero four one zero seven. Uh Vuyo, I, I, I asked these questions about numbers and costs not superfluously. It matters. And yeah. here's why it matters. Um, and you can clear this for us if it's a myth. Uh, but since the previous announcement of this various people with experience in policing have criticized the figures um one that is it true that 128 000 on average was being spent training uh, one the cost per warden uh, inducted into this program you've mentioned six thousand wardens having been appointed is it true that the cost of training was around about 128 000 rand per candidate
1: I will not uh, understand those who have obviously done those figures, how they will have to do that. Uh, as I said, what will be, um, be in the cost is obviously the accommodation, the food, menu, yeah. uh, because the training is other guys that are employed uh, within the system, both the police and some of the guys that are training the, the community, uh, the metros. Uh, in our provinces, some of them are training the provincial. So, do you, do
0: you do you have an actual figure of how much you think it would have cost per candidate to be no, in this no, program?
1: I will not want to again uh, lie to you. To say what is exactly, what do I what do you know is the broader figure on it? That's what I'm saying. I'm yeah. quite interested, whoever that is calculated. That figure to that extent, uh, what um, information he would have used really in his disposal. But surely, uh,
0: Vuyo, when you uh, saw these tweets, it would have behoved you as as the spokesperson to maybe speak to the accountant and ask them, actually, can you give us a breakdown uh, of this project and what it would have cost per candidate? Uh, I'm sure you should have done that.
1: No, I think that I, I think you'll agree with me, Oliva. Uh, there will have been many tweets uh, around this, either as positive, either sceptical. As, as expected, um, others generally... But I mean, as, people,
0: as, as the spokesperson, were you not curious? Were you also not curious the
1: way I am? No, no. no. I'm, I'm saying I, I, I might have been to say what is the total figure. That's why I'm giving you the broad the broad total figure. Yeah. To go to that minute detail I would have possibly came across this particular tweet that you're speaking about. Unfortunately, I did not. Yeah, but and I mean, you have
0: you, you have access to the HODs. You have access to the people who signed off the checks. So were you not curious about a breakdown? And you, you've got all the right to ask them.
1: No, no, that's what I'm saying to you, Oliver. I would have possibly, if your producer would have been kind, I, I suspect I would have just picked up the call to say, "Give me this," because really, there's no, absolutely no reason to hide Yeah. information um, if it's there publicly. But the only thing that I'm saying I can't do is to speak here and then lie to you. That's why I'm able to give you the broader figure. So you now, don't, because-
0: so you don't have access to a one-page document that gives you a breakdown of each line item that's made up this project.
1: No, no, that's what I'm saying to you. If you have to go to that line item, because our interest is really what is the general cost, and that yeah. is a, that is an issue that the, the, the Premier will have uh, uh, received. And that will really has been his answer in the uh, media briefing that we had on a Friday to say, basically, this is the issue. Uh, so we have never been in, in, in hidden. but if there's a need uh, for that information, I, I suspect we'll be able to provide it to you. The unfortunate part is that, of course, we can't understand our conversation how. It would basically go, and if we knew, definitely I would have given it to you that information. It ought to be a public information, not something to be hidden.
0: Yeah. Look, there's the next question I want to ask you. I initially really wanted to ask the premier this question because it really speaks to the political decision making. Um, This is why when we put in the request for the interview, we we were hoping to be able to speak to the premier. But that notwithstanding, I'm hoping that you can answer this next question for me. What what was the thinking behind this project? Uh, is it not a better you know, value for money uh, and uh, spending of the taxpayer money to just what the value of this project would have been? To just give it to SAPs? Um, and let SAPS appoint more people, in, in, induct them into their structures. It's already a working structure. Well, it's a structure that exists, not sure if it's all the way working. Um, instead of just setting up a brand new structure that's meant to complement what SAPS is doing, uh, would, it, would it not have just been wiser to expand SAPS itself than rather to a, a appoint a, a complementary structure?
1: no i i suspect therefore it would be what then do you do going forward remember subs is only exist at national level yeah so that's what they really directly uh, respond to so what you are then saying that there might have been some legislative issues that says we will um, give you money and uh, so what governs a provincial uh, state so to say to then basically donate money to the national state. We have done, insofar as the assets are concerned, so we'll buy the vehicles, uh, I think you'll remember, Drina Makura will have done it, and I think recently, um, also I think twice, at least when I was the spokesperson of the two premiers, to donate the vehicles to such to augment their work, um, you know, to make sure that there's highway patrol, um, similar cars, high powered vehicles, as a contribution, I suspect the limitation now is that what then do you do and how long, because these people ought to be in your books. So would that mean that something is therefore expected to subsidize subs for these people that you have taken for how long? So of course, there will have been some rules and and legislation. Maybe maybe let me
0: rephrase the question. What is the unique value proposition of a provincial policing structure?
1: Remember the issue here, one of the issues, if you have to compare, if you remember, the period of 2010, part of the issues, and if you go to the SAVI and you speak to the criminal experts, they will tell you that crime seemed to have been reduced or it was actually reduced. And that was really credited to the visibility of the police. And if you speak to general South Africans, their major issue is the visibility of the police, that the police are simply not uh, visible enough. So part of the issues here is that if you then deploy these uh, police wardens our calculation, you are at least speaking about 10 uh, police wardens in a particular ward. Now, that alone kind of depends. It's like me and you, when you drive, the minute you see like the, the blue lights, uh, you automatically reduce, your cycle reduces the speed, and that actually assists in terms of the, you know, the kind in, yeah. in terms of the... issues yeah, but, so but it is about visibility. Increased
0: visibility is not, yeah. uh, is you know, having a provincial structure is not a necessary condition for increased visibility. You can have increased visibility in SEPs. I'm just curious, and I'll tell you why I'm curious about a provincial structure. Because policing is a national competency. This is why SEPs is a national structure. You remember as far back as 15 years ago, Uh, uh, Ten years ago, the Democratic Alliance in the Western Cape was incessantly pushing for SEPS to be decentralized and the power of policing and police direction uh, to become a provincial competency. And the response has always been, no, we are not a federal state. Are we becoming a quasi-federal state effectively with policing becoming something that provinces are increasingly becoming active in?
1: No, no, I don't think we're there yet, uh, Oliver, and I I, I doubt we'll possibly arrive there. As I've said, I mean, if you go to the um, JPMD, they do uh, relatively policy in terms of their bylaws, in terms of some of the laws, and inclusive of assisting. So there's a relatively uh, controlled policy. But as I've said, there is a space, of course, in terms of the broader work that is done by, by subs that will be inclusive of intelligence that might be located uh, in terms of their own space. But you've got some local policing that happens, as I've mentioned, in the local state. You do have one in the, in the provincial space where there's that uh, relativity of uh, of policing. So the issue now, I, I suspect what we're talking about, is the magnitude of the number, not necessarily the magnitude of the of the scope. So the scope remains. Um, of what you are basically given, what you can do. But uh, it's not in, in scope insofar as the responsibility that you are there for in to replace uh, the police. I don't think there's that idea um, that uh, we are thinking about. Uh, surely, in my conversation with the Premier and having listened to, to the executives, that is really not the idea. Actually, our idea is to supplement the work of the police because there, there's always been a care in the police in a massively growing population. And I'll do you make sure that we assist both in resources, as I've said, we have done it in the past, inclusive of making sure now, you actually increase that pool of law enforcement agencies. Not also in working in silos, as i said, you then bring in, inclusive of the private sector, that form part and parcel of some of the meetings in terms of the planning, so that there's that integrated aspect. I don't think the private uh, security uh, believe that they are police, but they do uh, relatively work around the issue of policing to make sure that citizens are relatively safe.
0: Yeah, but I mean, private security guards don't arrest people.
1: No, no, you, you even yourself, only when you can arrest people. You can arrest someone. Uh, every citizen, there's what we call citizen arrest. Yeah. But <laughs>
0: Uh, there's real limitations to that. Maybe a last yeah, question, uh, uh, Vuyo. But
1: but what do you do? Okay, in terms, of the, but then you then make a mockery of the whole kind of security that are there, Oliver. That so what do you, what do we do when they actually apprehend someone who has entered into a house? Apprehension and arrest
0: are not are not are not the same thing, right? Public security can apprehend. Uh, but arresting is a, is, a, is a different thing the to the yeah well exactly the police are still going to affect the arrest but just lastly yes. um yes. Uh, one other criticism that i saw floating around in 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 public discourse around this is that these wardens were not sufficiently trained yet they've been given guns there's a worry about uh, the depth and quality of training they had received when you compare that for instance uh to the cadet program in national police uh, it's a longer program it's more rigorous some argue. Uh, and before you give somebody a gun to go out into public, uh, there's 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 a series of tests which are you know which should be well established prerequisites that don't seem to be the case over here given the duration and length of this training program. Can you give us details around that? How long was the training program? Uh, when did it start? How long was it for? Uh, and And what level of training took place here that's comparable to that, which you can say saps employs the same, let's say curriculum.
1: No, no, no. I I think that's uh, of of course an expected um, observation. It will have started in Feb, um, then ending in May as a first cohort. Uh, and the issue really is about the basic uh, policing and the training is really not the end of it. Um, there will still be a training. Some of them will be deployed in the landed invasion, As you know, in Houting, is one of the biggest problems. Uh, there will be training in terms of the cloud control. So the training will continue. This is the first basic training that we have agreed that there will be a program of this nature that will take first a basic training. That is about, in terms of the criminal procedure act that they've been trained in. And then we we'll then up the training to make sure that you are able to deploy them in some of the pressing areas that we find ourselves in the province, as I've mentioned, about the land invasion, around the 30% kind we of economic infrastructure that is basically happening. That training is basically ongoing. So this was not necessarily the end of the training.
0: So so, so the training that they've received up until this point is, uh, uh, I guess, eviction training? Because you're talking about land evasions. Uh,
1: no, no, it's a criminal procedure act. Basically, the, the ability to understand what are the laws we can basically... Right, so, so so the theory around the and Criminal the, Procedure Act. Is correct. And then intrusive, of course, the physical training that they have to logically go through. Right. Uh, how, much, how much
0: of this training, for instance... Let, let me ask you this, uh, yeah. maybe to just get the right level of comparison here. The quality and level of training that these police officers that are currently in the street right now, that they have received, the police wardens, Would it be sufficient for them to put it on their CV and apply for a constable job at SAPS?
1: Uh, I will not uh, know uh, how long uh, I've been at SAPS, but not necessarily in their training um, aspect. So I will not know how long the SAPS basically go. But as I said, it's not the end of it. They're still going to go through the training. But what we needed to showcase was that there was a commitment made. That commitment was basically sitting through. And we're still going to basically um, up their training to make sure that they are able to be deployed in relevant areas. Right.
0: Buyo, thank you so much for your time this evening. We're going to leave it there. really do appreciate it. Fuyo Maha is the spokesperson to the Premier of Gauteng. Banyaza. Uh, we're going to leave it there. We're going to take a quick break, and we're going to continue the program on the other side. Give me a call. The number to dial is zero eight six triple zero two zero three two zero eight six triple zero two zero three two. I'm also taking your WhatsApp voice notes on zero six one four one zero four one zero seven zero six one four one zero four one zero seven. What were your thoughts on that? Are you do you feel safer
1: <laughs>
0: as a resident in the province of Gauteng? Uh, do you feel this was money well spent? all 400 million rand of it this fiscal more to be spent in the next fiscal I'd love to hear from you zero eight six triple zero two zero three two look it's a really important question right if you speak to a lot of South Africans as, as as we often do on the show who are looking to leave the country to immigrate and you ask them why are you looking to leave what's what's more than unemployment the reason a lot of people state is safety a lot of people say I am feeling increasingly unsafe Crime is so ubiquitous in South Africa that it, it, it's, it's no surprise that people go through their lives daily being, to varying degrees, uh, on a daily basis, victims to crime, right? It may not always be violent crime, but it's crime. And violent crime in particular is, is at disastrous uh, proportions in South Africa. And so crime and safety is one of the reasons... South Africans are looking to leave the country. They're hoping they can find somewhere safer to go. And so any attempt at making the country safer is an important attempt and an important conversation, but it must be done right, and that's why that conversation mattered. And I'd like to get your reactions to it. Do you think it was an attempt done well? 86 You can also tweet me. It is at Oliver underscore speaking on Twitter, Oliver Dixon on Facebook. Let's take a quick break.